0: Brooke Pryor, you cover the NFL for ESPN. And as we embark on week two tonight featuring two dynamic offenses in the Eagles and Vikings, I wanted to bring you on to talk about your most recent piece. And it actually tackles, uh, no pun intended, an under-the-radar but possibly seismic shift in the way that offenses are being played in the NFL. Your story starts with a really specific play in last season's Super Bowl between the Chiefs and the Eagles. Can you talk us through that play? Yeah, Michelle, there was actually a play. It was late in the first quarter.
1: They're at midfield. The Chiefs have the ball. It is a tight game. And Marquez Valdez-Scantling runs down the field on a corner route. May have turned into a go route, but he is just streaking down the field. He has beaten cornerback James Bradbury. He started the play lined up from Valdez-Scantling. And then he drops off into his own defense. So Valdez-Scantling is wide open. It looked like that could be the kind of home run play that changes momentums in Super Bowls, the kind of play that this is going to make the big swing happen. But you know what? Patrick Mahomes didn't throw to him.
2: Mahomes, a lot of time. Slings it in the middle, and it's Kelsey again. It was wide open and takes it down to the 30.
1: Instead, he finds Travis Kelsey. And when he threw the ball, Travis Kelsey's underneath. The ball had about a ninety percent completion probability, according to Next Gen Stats. As soon as it left Patrick Mahomes' hand, and when you're Patrick Mahomes, let's be honest, that's a hundred percent chance. <laughs> especially when he's throwing to Travis Kelsey. It went down as a twenty-two yard reception, but that pass actually only traveled fourteen air yards. And then Travis Kelsey picked up the yards after the catch, about eight yards afterward to
0: complete the play. And that was Mahomes' longest completion of the Super Bowl. So that's one play, but what does that one play say to you about how quarterbacks are currently playing in the NFL? Well, it means that
1: even if you have a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, who can Uncle Rico throw it over a mountain, (laughs) the days of the deep ball, they might be dead.
0: There are few moments like it in sports. The quarterback takes a deep drop, steps up, and unleashes a bomb. Time feels like it stops. 70,000 fans collectively hold their breath, waiting to see if it will be agony or ecstasy on the other end. The long passing game has long been the sizzle to the stake that is NFL football. But today, ESPN's Brooke Pryor takes us on a deep dive into the deep ball and investigates whether it's going the way of the single-wing offense destined for the graveyard of football past. I'm Michelle Steele. It's Thursday, September 14th. This is ESPN Daily. So, Brooke, you know, all this talk about the death of the deep ball is a little bit surprising to hear only because I think people see points on the scoreboard and assume, yeah, those throws are going downfield. I know you have some theories on this, but before we go any further, let's define our terms here. Officially, what do we consider a deep ball?
1: Officially, it is a pass that is defined as traveling at least 15 air yards. But I also looked at passes that were even deeper
0: and went 20 air yards. Okay, so it's a pass that travels at least 15 yards in the air. You also took 20 air yards into consideration here. But are you saying that we are seeing fewer of these passes than we used to? Yes, actually,
1: which is crazy when you think about the strength of some of these quarterbacks and the way that talent evaluators are looking for the strongest arm that can throw the deepest ball and the fastest receivers that can get down the field to catch it. But the way that Mahomes and the Chiefs' aerial attack has kind of evolved is the same way that it's evolved across the league. There were 3,416 attempts of at least 15 yards downfield during the 2022 regular season. That's the fewest in any season since 2006. And through Sunday's games, 9.3% of passes so far in the 2023 season have been thrown at least 20 yards downfield. That's down from 10.7% in the entirety of the 2022 regular season. And by the way, the air yards per attempt this season, I know it's early, but it's 7.2% And that's down from 7.5 last season.
0: You know, I think some Bears fans would argue that their team has been ahead of the curve when it comes to uh, throwing fewer passes down the field. But that's another show. How did you get the idea for this story? I know that you used to be based in Kansas City. You've seen Mahomes up close. You've seen Kelsey and, of course, Tyreek Hill. But take us behind the scenes a little bit because I want to know how you got this idea.
1: Yeah, you know, a lot of credit goes to the ESPN stats and information group that send out these nuggets and they pass that along to my editors uh, midway through last season. And it was something that we said, hey, we need to keep an eye on this. Is this one of those aberrations that it's just kind of a fluke that there are fewer deep balls being thrown in the first half of the season? And when we checked back at the end of the season, it had set this historic low. And so then I went across the league and talked to dozens of coaches, coordinators, players, analysts, and said, hey, this is what the stats are saying. They're telling us that teams are not throwing the deep ball as often. Do you notice that? And why might that be? And at first, their eyebrows all kind of raised, like, wait a minute, really? And then you start talking and you realize, yes, this is the way that the game is evolving.
0: It's not all splash plays. I'm curious, which coach had maybe the highest eyebrows raised or maybe had the most thoughtful answer or most memorable interaction when you asked that question?
1: You know, the most memorable interaction was Arthur Smith, the head coach of the Falcons. I asked him at owner's meetings and he's in the middle of, you know, personnel questions and draft strategies. And so right at the end, I said, hey, I've got a football theory question for you. And he leaned back in his seat, kind of scratched his chin. No joke. It was very like signature. I'm in deep thought. And then he gave me an entire dissertation on the evolution of football. And how things, the spread concepts are starting out in peewee football. You have more positionless players in peewee football and high school football. And the way that that translates to the NFL.
2: I can give you my theory, right? And I think it's the way the game's been played. And I think you're seeing a, a much wide open, more open game now coming from the youth level, high school. You go back to the mid 90s, yeah. our historian can tell you, <laughs> you, know, you go back even to the high school level, where, you know, he could be third and 15, and, and they are He the
1: went maybe. on for about three minutes, and then I asked him a follow-up question about how tight ends can factor into this, and he started going again. Just how much more important is that position in
2: offenses? Yeah, it's kind of a hybrid spot. Are there more receivers? You know, are there more traditional tackles that you're hopefully trying to build a little bit of a route tree? So, to be able to understand, yeah, the offense are coming from how they're being used, And that's why I think you're seeing a lot of these positionless players in this league. He said, You know,
1: I much prefer talking about this than to hypothetical fantasy football questions. So if you ever want to talk football theory, Arthur Smith is your guy.
0: So that's a great segue, Brooke, as I want to ask you about the three theories that you unearthed in your reporting that could explain why we don't see as many deep balls in the modern NFL. Now, the first has to do with the way that defenses are playing. So can you tell us a little bit more about what's changed there and how that affects the deep ball?
1: Well, if you watch the NFL during the Deion Sanders years and then later during Darrell Revis and Champ Bailey, you saw a lot of cornerbacks on islands. There was a lot of man-to-man, a lot of our best guy versus your best guy. And they used to just try it. They would dare these quarterbacks, you know what, go ahead, throw the deep ball. You know, I talked to Patrick Peterson about this. He's someone that's been in the league for over a decade. And the way that cornerbacks were playing when he first came in the league has changed a lot over the last 13 years.
2: A lot of defensive schemes were around their cornerbacks. Now, I won't say defenses have become more complicated, but defenses have said, now we don't want to make the quarterback just find an easy throw right away. Mm -hmm. We want to make him think through the process of passing Mm -hmm. the ball, just not line up. okay, I got a press point here, single high. I'm going deep to one of these guys because my guy's better than your guy, essentially, Mm -hmm. is what they're saying.
1: Mm -hmm. Now... Defenses have transitioned a little bit. There's been an evolution, a counterpunch to the initial punch. They're using more of these two high looks, which means they're putting two safeties back deep, and they're just making it more difficult for receivers to get open on the vertical routes. As the game has evolved, defenses have also gone from these static zone coverages where basically they're only doing something if a guy ends up in their area, to now there's more of these dynamic man-match zones where they kind of move as a unit and it's like a symphony back there. Think it used to be more like Pete Carroll's Legion of Boom to now it's more like the defense that Vic Fangio developed as a counterpunch to that
0: when he was with the San Francisco 49ers. That is really interesting. You've definitely seen that evolution with defenses and it's had an effect on offenses. Theory number two you call the Tyreek Hill effect, that is super interesting. What does that mean? How did it help kill the deep ball? That's surprising to hear.
1: Well, Michelle, here's the thing. There's a reason why NFL quarterbacks aren't forcing the ball down the field quite as much. They just don't have to. And that's because of guys like Tyreek Hill. Because he is so fast and he can be such a vertical threat down the field, these defenses have to back up.
2: Tua was looking deep. Steps up. Now he's going to fire it down the field for Tyree Kill. he makes the catch. Tyree Kill continues to blaze
1: his way down the field. But that leaves all this space underneath, so that a player like Tyree Kill, yes, he can streak down the field. You have to respect his go ball ability, but he can also catch the ball underneath and that speed and that quickness that leads to all of these yards after catch.
2: Back to the air, quick cross. Hill! Showing the wheels. He's out close to the 40-yard line. Room in the middle of the defense. That is where Tua and the Dolphins have consistently gone this year.
1: As downfield attempts have decreased over the last 17 seasons, the average yards after catch have steadily increased. In 2006... About 43.5% of passing yards generated by offenses were produced by receivers after catching the football. Last year, that mark was north of 50%.
0: The Tyreek Hill effect is real. And the third theory, the seesaw effect, which Mike Tomlin, who you know very well, explained like this, passing down, rushing up, it's a reasonable kind of discussion. How big of a factor is the change in offensive schemes across the NFL in terms of what we're calling the death of the deep pass.
1: Well, Michelle, I I asked Mike Tomlin about that. And when he gave me that quote, he sounded pretty matter of fact, like, yeah, no, duh. (laughs) The deep ball is dying. That's because another part of our offense is doing really well. And that's the run game. In 2022, offenses averaged 4.5 yards per rush and 121.5 rushing yards per game. And those were both record highs since at least 2006. So yeah, like he said, when one part of this offense declines, like the deep ball, there's a void and the run game surges back up.
0: It becomes this whole chicken or the egg situation. And a little bit ironic and understandable, perhaps, the frustration that we're seeing from running backs who feel that that position has been devalued. But that's a whole nother episode. Coming up, the future of the deep ball in the NFL.
2: Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home some huge wins. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom, Anyeho Tequila came in with the smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, Poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely.
0: So, Brooke, it sounds like you've made a pretty good case here that the deep ball is effectively dead. But people love the deep ball. Is there any glimmer of hope for fans of the long bomb?
1: Yes, there is. I, you know, as much as we're gonna go on and talk about how it's dying, the good news is what's new is old again. What's old is new again. It's, it's one of those things that's cyclical. This is what Andy Reid is so good at. And when he has a quarterback like a Patrick Mahomes, you know, Patrick Mahomes isn't going to play forever. Andy Reid isn't going to coach forever. But the way that Andy Reid has looked back in the past for some of his inspiration in play calls to use with Patrick Mahomes, I expect him to do that again, to look at ways, okay, we've gone back to using these shorter, more sure-thing throws. Eventually, defenses are going to scheme up a way to take that away, and then we're going to go back to the deep ball, but we'll throw a wrinkle so they can't just bring out their notes from a couple years ago and slow it down that way. This is just the way that the cycle of football works.
2: Listen, this thing is all a big circle, so I'm sure it'll come back somewhere. It's like a dog chasing a tail. You just kind of stay ahead of it. it will be back around somewhere.
1: And it's just going to go around and around and around. And that's what makes this game so fun, especially the longer you watch it, because all of a sudden you're that Leonardo DiCaprio meme sitting on the couch, (laughs) pointing at the TV saying, wait a minute,
0: I've seen this before. Absolutely. That's what keeps it exciting and interesting for millions of us. So in your reporting, I guess what surprised you the most about chronicling writing the obituary for the deep ball?
1: You know, I think it was maybe some of the surprise that I got from coaches in thinking about, you know, when I initially brought it up to them, "Hey, the deep ball is dying. That's what the stats say." And yeah, their initial reaction was, "Wait a minute, really?" because I'm sure some of them, especially some of these defensive coaches, are having flashbacks to Joe Burrow connecting with Jamar Chase deep. So many of these game-breaking plays, and then they start to think about it, and it's like, oh, wait a minute. Those plays are more outliers, and in fact are happening because of how much this intermediate and short passing game has developed and how much this run game has developed. Other part of this is the fact that the deep ball is dying at the same time that the running back position is being devalued. It seems like, as we talked about with this seesaw, you would think that because the run game is such a big part of NFL offenses now, not only is just a pure running back, but also as a pass catcher, you use them in the jet sweep, all these different ways that running backs are being implemented. It seems like they're becoming more important and yet their value as far as what NFL teams want to pay them is decreasing. And it seems like maybe those two things don't seem to go together.
0: That is so great, Brooke. Uh, Some people have summer projects, you know, they're they're renovating their backyard, they're building a porch or something. Your summer project was chronicling the death of the deep ball. Sad for us who enjoy that play, but great for us who love football and want to learn more about the game. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I'm Michelle Steele, This has been ESPN Daily. We'll talk to you tomorrow.